This is a massive podcast today. Travelled down to Coventry, to Leamington Spa, actually, to speak to Danny Cipriani of the Wasps to do a mad, mad podcast. We uh, cover quite a lot in this, all topics around mental health, all stuff revolving around different ways to rethink it and to look at it differently. And also some of Danny's situations that he's been through in his life and how that's moulded his perspective for how he looks at stuff now after missing out in an England selection over the years and, and being out of favour. He's definitely changed how he attacks the game of rugby, but also how he lives. And he's looked a lot into Ryan Holiday, the stuff that he does about ego. And Danny's made it his, his own to, to look at. And it's, it's, it's a really interesting talk, a really interesting talk between me and Danny about our positions as rugby players, the identity that, that comes with that. And the stuff that you need to be aware of as well in this day and age and what's powerful you know what works to be powerful to be aware of it so this is a massive podcast from from me and Danny to to talk about this stuff which is is not very well often spoken about on the back of that we have a couple of sponsors for this podcast today and one of the pod, podcast sponsors is Better You so there's been a lot spoken about magnesium these days about how athletes, how your everyday man needs to be efficient with magnesium. And this is the some of the stuff, some of the facts magnesium gives you. Magnesium is actually a natural relaxant responsible for over 300 bodily functions. 70% of us are deficient in this vital mineral. Low levels are linked with migraine, aches and pains and depression. Magnesium can help improve the quality of your sleep by stimulating your brain's GABA receptors. It's actually transdermal, so transdermal, so it comes through the skin, supplementing through the skin is five times more effective than tablets. And at the club, we use Better You, so we've got actually all the vitamins and minerals that Better You offer, so we take them daily at training, but also we've got bags and bags and bags of magnesium salts for to use for baths and oils as well. It also, and this is massive for me, it helps with sleep. It absolutely really, really helps with sleep and, and getting you off and, and having a bit of a, a routine where your sleep helps, but magnesium definitely helps in, in that aspect. I've been struggling for sleep a little bit um, because I've been burgled twice in the last three weeks, um, unfortunately, laptops, electronical stuff have gone. My grand file ring's gone and my car went. So we called on one of our sponsors to upgrade all the security um, and up the CCTV, the alarm system and UK Red Security have, have been massive with that. Massive supporters of, of what Mantelli do, massive supporters of Leeds Rhinos and... We wanted to give them a big shout out for this and for helping us out and, uh, you know, giving us a, a bit of a, a push really to, to look at what's going on around 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 uh, my area so we don't get burgled again. So very efficient, brilliant stuff that they've come on and done with. They do a lot of stuff with the boys, the Leeds Rhinos boys. So that's a big shout out to UK Red Security. They offer a whole host of security measures. So check them out. Now it is time to drop straight into this podcast with me and Danny Cipriani. 
let's start them. Let's go, Stevie yeah. boy. Um, so we had a good day yesterday. I'll fill people in on what we did. So I got trained down to Coventry. and Wonderful Coventry. Got straight into Coventry, yeah. <laughs> Took in the sights. Got there and um, got the train. Got straight to the Rico Arena. Watched Sips play. Watched him take an head knock. And then we caught up after, didn't we? And had yeah, a good did. day. Good day slash night. And this is the aftermath. It was a, it was a quick introduction to, to my teammates, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving the wasp, pal. Loving the, uh, loving the vibe. But yeah, class night, class night. How are you feeling after it? Yeah, good. Not good. too bad. Um, body's feeling a little bit after yesterday, but it wasn't too, too much. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just a, a good time to to be alive. Yeah, good to be alive, fella. <laughs> good to be alive, mate. I, I reckon um, just to kick us off, can you share your background? Growing up, like for how you got into rugby, yeah, and 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 how you've got to where you are today, growing up, and yeah. So for me, it was a uh, rugby sport when I was a kid was always my release. Um, so you know, I was I was never very studious. You know, my my all my school report said if he tried hard, he would he would do much better. That type of thing, which obviously infuriated my mum, but. Um, she she was a black cab driver. She sent me to. She worked very hard to send me to good schools. I got scholarships to go to these schools, as you do in uh, in London. Um, and I, I was very fortunate to to attend some some good schools uh, on the back of that. Uh, my mum did a lot for me to to allow myself to attend them. Perhaps I felt like I probably shouldn't have been there, but I was. And and through it, I got to express myself from football, rugby, and cricket. Um, and then, yeah, rugby as I as I got older was obviously something that just really <clears throat> started to love to do. Um, down south uh, is very much rugby union based, so that was the only type of rugby I ever played, and and I and I and I loved it, and I loved the camaraderie behind it, and and it was something that just I associated myself with early on because it was like the the feeling of just playing with your mates every single week, you know, as everyone does normally when they're a kid, and the fact that when I was sort of 16, 17 people were like, you could do this for a living, it just opened up my eyes. I was like, I want to keep doing this forever, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I felt very lucky to to have the life that I had. And when I look back on it now, I feel, probably feel more blessed that, than I did when I was then. When you're going through it, through the motions, you just, I guess you just wake up, have your next meal and do your next training session. But when I look back at what my mum did to allow me to go to those type of schools, and to have that type of, um, you know, you know, opportunity in life, I'm very grateful for what she did in in that way. Yeah, and because I, I saw I saw um, an article, it was it was on your mother, it was on the yeah, drive yeah. and stuff that that she'd given. First you one that. she's probably done actually. It was yeah. mad the other day. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to touch on that? Just like what? Yeah. What? So that all started off because um, a guy called Matthew Saidu is an, an unbelievable writer. And he, he's, a, he's a journalist as well, does all of it. I was reading a book of his probably about 12 months ago called Bounce about the theory of no one's born with talent. It's about having 10,000 hours of practice. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever the book was. And I found that interesting. You know, I, I, slightly, I agree and I disagree with the theory. But anyway, he did an article about how Johnny Wilkinson became the player he was 
and that I never reached the heights that I should have. And his, his, um, his theory behind it was that I never worked hard enough. And that was one thing, you know, that, you know, the rugby public and people sort of, once he put the article out, questioned him because he said, everyone that knows Danny, he's gone to every length that he knows to become a better athlete, to become a better player. He works harder than the next player type thing. So I think he just, but his theory in the article was about how once you get to a certain level, your ego can overtake you and then you don't quite hit the heights. And I understood his theory in that piece, but his example by using me, I just felt was slightly wrong. So I contacted him. I said to him, you know, I I do agree with the premise of your article, but I just, you know, you've used me as an example when I can see why from the outside you might deem me to be a good example, but... um, you don't, you don't you know? fully yeah. know the insides and outsides. And he was like, look, you handled it very well. I'm, I'm glad you messaged me. Let's meet up. Let's have a chat. So I met up, had a chat with him. And we, we got on straight away, to be fair. He's, he's, he's a top fella. Um, and then we got speaking about his mum, my mum. And he was like, I'd love to meet your mum. So the next time we met up, my mum was there. And he was like, let's, let's do an interview. So my mum was just telling her story about, you know, she grew up in orphanages up north and... When she was 16, she decided to move to London to uh, just to get away from her situation. And then, yeah, obviously the, the rest of the article was just saying, you know, what she had to go through to, to be a single mum, sending her, wanting to provide opportunities for her son, growing up in council estates, pretty humbling backgrounds. But she was like, I want my kid to have a better life, an opportunity than I did. So she did everything she could for me which meant that I obviously got the opportunity to go to good schools, but then I'd go home to like quite humbling background uh, homes. It was just quite a, a unique uh, experience growing up. So I got to touch on all basis of, of all different classes and things in life. And yeah, she did everything for me. And that's how that whole article came about. Yeah, that's, well, there's a lot in that. There's a lot in that. And from my own experience, um, I think there's a weird balance that, that parents must find because... I remember my my dad and, and both my parents actually saying, um, I can remember the statement, they're saying, I just want you to end up doing a job that you love and not what we've ended up doing. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's a certain amount of, of drive that gives you and, and kind of fuel really for to, 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 to push you on. Yeah, for sure. But then it's not too much pressure, do you know what I mean? It's kind of a weird balance and I imagine that's that's... Yeah, yeah, 100%. I completely agree with that. And it's amazing that obviously your parents said that and my mum did what she did and it's like the buck stops with them as opposed to it just going again, bringing up a kid who then does the same sort of thing they're doing and then just goes in a turnbelt over and over again. Like the fact they had the awareness to go, I just want you to do something you love meant that you could go on to fulfil whatever you had to, you know, do. And the fact that they decided that then and there was we're we're obviously very fortunate they did because like we ended up doing something we enjoy you know yeah yeah and going back to to that theory i think it's you know it's 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 uh it's a tough call really to to put that article out and when when he doesn't know you and he doesn't know your background and stuff and and what what was that tidied up did you speak to him about that yeah we spoke about it he addressed it in the article um and he, he you know he realized many different things about me and who i am and you know, the difficulties I've had in rugby union and the, the um, 
the different perceptions that I've had to break down and the barriers and, mm. you know, sometimes unfairly brought upon myself and sometimes, you know, I brought them upon myself in different, in different situations. But at the end of the day, it's still a, it's still a kid growing up through the sporting environment in, in a sport like rugby, which is meant to be a, a huge family game, you know, as people say, but it was like, I just felt like I was cast out a bit, you know, taking my time growing up and, and it was just, yeah, through that article, we, we spoke about it and, you know, he realised the lengths that I actually go to and, you know, the fact I've stayed in England for so long and still not had my opportunity and things like that. And, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd call him a good mate now, you know, we get on quite well. So it's it's uh, it's nice that I, I dealt with it in that fashion, whereas probably when I was younger, I'd read a bad article about me and I'd be pissed off and yeah. I wouldn't yeah. do something like that. I just felt like the more mature approach was to to send him a message and be like, I just feel like you've got the wrong end of the stick here, and then yeah. he decided let's let's uh, let's address it. So we did. Different way to make a parlour, isn't it? That's it. That's it. I know. It's <laughs> class. That's class. Um, is there any any periods where where you can look back now in your career that stand out to you, which you feel like have defined you for where you are now? Uh, I'd say the whole journey, when I look back, sort of defines me where I am now. And there's not moments that I would change for anything, really. Um, it's not been the smoothest journey and, and, you know, going through those difficult periods really does make you understand how much you appreciate what's ahead of you now and fully being, you know, conscious and, and present right now is is what I'm grateful for. Um, I, I went through pretty difficult periods when I was 22 to 24. I, I went through quite a lot of depression. I had to see a psychiatrist and I had to go through those moments to then sort of realize what you can achieve and realize that the heights you can get to um because yeah. once you do suffer those lows you know that your 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 full broad spectrum both ends rises you know i think but it's safe to say since i i had a mentor sort of five six years ago a guy called steve black from newcastle you know it's safe to say he's he's very um much cleared my mind and he's allowed me to really focus on on just like educating myself, you know, becoming a man, becoming wiser, um, and and growing up in in that fashion. And these last couple of years, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying. And then these last couple of years, I also had a, a, a lot of anxiety building up. And you know, over these last couple of weeks, it's funny. I've had a turning point that's really allowed me to see over the hill, and and really sort of my anxiety is all gone. So what I find amazing about all that is even though that the journey is happening, there's still moments within it that you can still keep learning from and still keep understanding and realising. And and over these last couple of weeks, I've definitely turned a point where I can sort of step back and really appreciate everything that's in front of me. Yeah. What, what do you think the difference is between when you're feeling those anxious moments now as opposed to 21, 22? Now it's perspective. Like it's, and it's how you view something. If you view something in a man, for me when I was younger or even a couple of months ago, when you view something and it's like, that's what you put on it. You put a limit on it and you put a reason why on it. It can then drive you insane. It can then give you anxiety. Then It can then send you not where you want it. But if you change your perspective on what you're viewing, it completely to a, to a more open-ended question or an understanding or a lesson no matter what's in front of you whether it be good or bad it then kind of 
makes you step back and have a different perspective on it all. Um, and that's what's definitely helped change me. And it's it's different. It's difficult when you're in a in a sport or in a profession or you know have a job and you need to have defining moments. But when I step back and look at it, I can sort of change my perspective. And then I just take everything that's in front of me as a lesson, whether it be good or bad, keep evolving, keep learning. And it, it keeps that mind supple and keep wanting to learn, you know? Yeah. What does, um, you mentioned being conscious and, and being present. What does that mean to you? So for me, I, I started meditating quite heavily five, six years ago. Um, being conscious and present, it's like in those moments of like really just just simple things from like feeling the floor upon your feet, um, feeling the chair that you're sitting on, um, just little reminders just so you're conscious and mo- in, in, in the moment as opposed to there's times you can go through a whole week and you're kind of like, what did I just do? You know, it, it's, it's, I found that in games. I found that sometimes I play 80 minutes and, you know, I, w- I won't remember that much, but now I'm, I'm consciously... I'm, I'm looking around, taking in my surroundings, enjoying what's in front of me, being in the moment. I think that is what truly is being in the moment yeah. as opposed to, I think people view being in the moment is you're kind of out of your mind. Mm. I, th- I feel like being in the moments when you're actually in it in your your whole surroundings, you, you're very aware of it. You're aware, yeah. 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 It's in, mate, it's interesting speaking speaking to you because it sounds like a lot. I've chatted to you yesterday when I had yeah, like, yeah. Like, same kind of wavelength, same stuff that we look at. I'm looking right now at the Daily Stoic. I've got that on my uh, coffee table. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's 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 strange, mate. And it's I think it's good that you're delivering this message. Um, and I think back to when I was 19, 20. And I think if you can try and imagine it, <clears throat> I like the example is of if if you're driving a car, like. You you get you 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 get what you get to work you get to train or whatever you be thirty yeah. minutes driving and you can think back you know how the hell did I get here did you I know get what I mean yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. What, what's going on here and and I think back to how I operated maybe when I was nineteen and 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 the lack of awareness I brought to what I was doing what I was feeling what I was thinking um, how we were training yeah yeah and I think it was it's almost like leaving it to chance I think. Like leaving it on autopilot, like when you drive a car, like leaving these feelings, these kind of thoughts to things you're to, not addressing at that moment. Exactly, yeah, and and they're ruling you rather than you ruling them. If yeah, you yeah, yeah. you're having I th- like, I think as men as well, we 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 often bottle things and just like push it down. So like when we do get these moments or feelings or things in front of us, it's like we kind of deal with it and then push it down and not address it. And then that's when guys later on get all these overwhelming feelings that they've not dealt with that then come up. Come up. Yeah. Um, and that and that's what happens from childhood. It's like, you know, you know, everyone has their problems or their, their issues when they're a kid and there's things they remember. But what you can't change is the feeling in that moment. So you can't remember specific scenarios when you're four and five years old. But that feeling you had from that, that doesn't change and that stays within you. Mm. So then, you know, those things that don't get addressed, that's when I started having to address things with my dad and this and that when I was like 24, 25. Because those feelings that I had as a kid that you don't deal with, they do surface later on. And then, you know, as you get older, you you have these feelings and these things and it's about addressing them quicker and, and, and 
being present with them yeah. and then you can actually deal with them like straight away as opposed to letting it come and hit you like a ton of bricks later on down the line. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a a different way and, and we spoke a little about, about yesterday about bringing self-knowledge to, to situations and having that awareness really to... to have ownership of the feelings and, and, and not like you fight them away like like the, the examples people go for a drink or you know they'll have a prescription drugs and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. Um, you know there's, there's there's definitely a difference in how to handle it and 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 thinking back to, to, to a period with me you know that, that kind of self-talk that inner monologue that you have I guess that that can be your guide and it's probably sometimes it could be the worst advisor yeah. and, and you don't know any different and you're not going to know any different, but I think I think there's a lot that can be done really for, for young people, you know, people around the age of university, um, students, you know, in the twenties, early twenties, where stuff like this is actually being brought to the table and and almost as a buffer before they need it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent, man. I think like the way the world's going is like people are obviously a lot more open to talk about what's going on in front of them. Like we were we were talking about at the dinner table how things are changing rapidly man it's like you know in 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 front of our, in front of our eyes with with the human race so it's like why can't we then open up on these things from a younger age it's like <clears throat> rather than not speak about it let's actually talk about it let's understand what we're feeling at that moment um things that can send you you know one way or the other you know a lot of times guys would be like oh just toughen up harden up whatever it may be but there is definitely a time and a place for that, but if we yeah. can just speak upon it, then I think we're going to end up learning a lot more about you know ourselves as humans and and yourself, and that's that self awareness that you spoke about for yeah. sure. Yeah. What what was um what was the feelings like when you went through that tough period? What was the self talk like? What was what was it you had to kind of go through when 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 it was that period? Yeah, for me that self talk was almost like non-existent it was like for me it was I just didn't see the point of tomorrow so like I didn't see a future I didn't see a something ahead of me and like I'm sure a lot of people have that whatever profession they're in it can seem mundane it can seem whatever it may be and it's like when I didn't see a future ahead of me that's when I was like is there any point of me being here and it was like it got pretty dark at, at, at certain moments and I then you know, was forced upon it to speak to a psychiatrist. We were talking about different things and that did help to a certain degree. But like, then I actually forced myself to do self-talk and the self-talk I did was praying. So I ended up praying in the evenings and like, I'm not a hugely religious person, but mm. I ended up just talking in the night, speaking about what I felt in my chest, my anxieties, and it started dissipating and going away. And it was like forced self-talk yeah. that praying. It wasn't yeah. necessarily, you know, the fact that I was felt like I was talking to someone or whatever it may have been, but it was that self-talk that ended up helping me in, in, in the evenings when I was in bed and I was just talking upon what, how I felt. And by voicing it, even though it was in my own head, it ended up easing a lot of pains and a lot of pressures that I felt. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that ended up giving you more clarity or, or direction for, for, for what you wanted to do. I mean, because you, as you say, 
you had you still had a purpose, didn't you? You yeah. you know you had that purpose. Was it was it when you were away in Australia or? Yeah, yeah, it was when I was moving away to Australia. Yeah, because I, I think that sometimes the one of the hardest things really when when you've got that that vivid purpose or what you, what you're meant to to achieve or you're meant to go and do, but if it drops away, you know that can sometimes be the one of the hardest things to deal with. I yeah, imagine. for sure, and like that was probably when. For me, I was told by the England coach that he didn't see me in his future plans. I was 21, 22. I felt like I was d- doing enough and mm. found that difficult. But then it, you do get clarity and you do get direction. But then it's also understanding that it's okay not to have clarity and direction. And it's being comfortable in those uncomfortable moments of un- yeah. like... And just understand that, like we're here, just to constantly keep learning and keep opening your mind, and that, that yeah. that's kept kept my mind active. That's kept me reading. That's kept me wanting to self educate myself. You know, and and that's what my mentor's done with me. He's he's handed me loads of books to read, and we speak upon them, and like we learn from them. And that's probably been the best thing that has has happened to me because it's kept an active mind active yeah. as opposed to yeah. those moments when you're searching for clarity and purpose and it's not quite there it's like every day has a, cl- a purpose you know yeah. like this moment has a purpose yeah. like stay within it and and let's learn from it and you know I, I've definitely learned from the moments that I met you from yesterday today and mm. you know like what how humble you are but also how talented you are it's like it's great to see that that balance is still existing within sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's mega. That I think it, it's it, a lot of it is 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 getting to know that and and to to become aware of that. The the whole reason I started Montalia was and then like like we say there, keeping an active mind active. Like I I would get off physio table at ten a.m. like doing my rehab and I was done. Do you know I was done like after. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was t- just just twenty two. And you think, you know, the the perception is, oh, that's sweet. Do you know what I mean? That's class. Go yeah, on, yeah, play yeah, on yeah. PS, PS4 yeah, or yeah. whatever and, and, have a, and have a good day in that and go see your mates. But I think the the fact the fact of the matter is, I kind of had to say, well, well I, I'm used to working hard. Yeah. I'm used to going out and doing stuff. I'm used to having something to aim for. And and that's why I actually launched Mantelia. That's why I ended up putting it out there. Because I, I kind of did some digging I thought well you know I can't just go on and and and, and sit down and, and not do anything all day, and, and anything all day and um there's a quote that I saw um called it's my my wash and dryer is it? Oh, sorry, it's I, I do my own washing <laughs> <laughs> it does just a bit just a bit um there's a quote that I saw by Viktor Frankl. I don't know if you've, you've read any of his books. Yeah, or, yeah, I've heard, oh, yeah. Uh, there's there's a book that's it's, it's brilliant. It's called The Man's Search for Meaning, and um, in that is is what man needs is not a tensionless tensionless state, but actually a worthwhile struggling and striving for a chosen goal, a freely chosen goal. And that made sense to me because I was just I was just going home and I was just like, well, what am I doing zoning here? Out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. zoning out and. And then you obviously, like you say, if you have no gatekeepership of of your mind or awareness of 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 how to use it to the to the best of your ability, you know that that's when I, I kind of was getting these anxious moments, this 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 anxiety, and I realised I could fuel it into something, put it into something. Yeah, it's amazing that you did that with the magazine. Like yeah. we we spoke upon 
you know, other sportsmen uh, within rugby yesterday that have reached the tops and the heights of their game. And then now it's kind of like they're a bit stuck. And it's if you don't address these moments when you're in it, it's tough then afterwards to really understand why and, and search for your goal and your and your purpose and like you say, deal with that struggle that's in front of you. Yeah. Um because you're probably just trying to find those attentionless moments, like mm. you're saying. Um yeah. so I think if we can just all keep trying to search for some sort of purpose and goal and realise that there is a bigger purpose than just what's in front of us, which is our sport, whatever it may be. Mm. You know, the amount of people you probably affected with this magazine and this podcast is wider than your rugby playing ability and like that's that's greater than anything that we you know you've mm. done on the field and mm. if you can keep doing that then that's that's huge yeah i mean i i, I know we both see some real worth in, in in spreading these kind of messages and 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 pushing the envelope really um on this i think I think for for me as well, after after looking into a lot, a lot of this stuff and being present, you know what meditation can do for you. Being able to sit with with thoughts and emotions before you, you know, I'd be, I'd be thinking, well, I don't want to feel like that. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, a lot yeah. of people don't. In a, want to. You're in a hard nosed northern rugby league yeah. environment. Like you, you're even fighting against what you're kind of being taught to do, which is just to deal with it mm. like a man type thing. But, mm. you, you know, you're you're going over and beyond to recognise that. That's huge, man. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's definitely something that I'm glad I've done and client kind of put myself, I force myself, I guess, I guess to learn some lessons. And, and, and I guess I guess you have those moments in, in your life that, 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 that you can have, but do you think it's also helped you on the field as well? Like having having these perspectives and perceptions and and ability to to look at things differently. Yeah, massively. Like when I started working with Blackie, like as much as stuff we did off the field, he he was massive for like my my motivation on it as well because you know we, we'd really isolate and work to a purpose of what I'm trying to achieve. And you know I had sort of three years on the bounce at Sale, um, and we overperformed as a team. And you know, I'd like to think that I had a big say in that as a, as a as a fly half. You do in the way you play and how you play. And I, I learned a lot in those moments of how to win games on the back foot. And you know, it was it was all a learning curve for me. But he definitely helped me on my playing ability. And I, I feel like these last couple of seasons, especially this year, it's all coming out out of me a lot more so because. I'm fully trying to stay present. Like, yeah. you know, this season I, I started off pretty well and, I got, you know, I thought things were going great. Everything, I, you know, I felt amazing. And then boom, got injured. I had, my MCL was off the bone and it was like, you, it's just another slap to come back down to earth yeah, a bit. Am I yeah, getting a bit yeah. carried away? And, yeah. you know, it was a humbling moment and I sat back and I went, how am I going to attack this? So I ended up fasting for four weeks when I was injured. I ended up, going crazy on my rehab, you know, I lost five and a half kilos and I was, I was massively, you know, on my training and I, from an MCL rupture, I was back playing 10 weeks to the day and it was like, you know, I was sort of four weeks early and that was the only thing I could focus on in that moment because it was, it was a humbling moment to come back down. It's like, you can still achieve, you can still do it. While I was injured, I was reading a lot more. I was, I was making sure I was physically doing everything right, eating right. And then, you know, I, I learned a lot within those moments and I always feel like injuries with, with a sportsman are those those toughest moments because you either 
can get caught up in it, not deal with it properly, then get another injury, or you can really try and focus on on how to bet yourself, mind, body, and soul, and then you can attack it on all fronts. Yeah. It's not just physically trying to get better. Yeah. Can, can you tell us a little bit about Steve Black and, and it's Laird Hamilton as well, isn't it? Yeah, Laird. So I, I stay with, I've been going to, to Malibu for the last sort of like four years. Obviously, it's a very luxurious, glamorous place to go in the summer, but, you know, our, our summers are spent training, um, a lot of breathing. Um, you, you, you met Wim Hof, so, yeah. you know, a lot, a lot of his stuff came... With, with Wim Hof but Laird adapted it to a sort of an athletic state and you know it's completely you know, I used to spend my summers going and getting drunk and having fun but yeah. last four or five years I've been with like you know people I consider family um, and really just like focusing on my mind body and soul you know like just mm. becoming you know I like to think about a man and learning from the environment and, and um, really searching within myself and that's what I've been doing in the summers and then Steve Black for me for the last five years has been metaphorically teaching me how to shave like he's been a very big father figure to me who has helped me understand and process a lot of information that was within my head and and he's allowed me to be able to express it and you know I feel like those moments that do get difficult I'm much more comfortable sitting within them now and, and processing them and and, and understanding what's going on in front of me, you know, and like I talk as if the last two years has been an easy run. It hasn't. I've had my ups and downs, but, yeah. you know, I've definitely been able to deal with them a lot better having people around that I can talk to to, to talk to about these things. It's funny that because um, I seem to seem to constantly get these reminders and, and it's it, it's good what you said there where, it brings you back down to earth or it's humbling or, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it kind of, it just, it just resets you, doesn't it? Or it, or it prepares you for a reset. There's, Sport there's, does that, man. Yeah. Like, he, Laird talks about like a wave, like you think everything's great, boom, boom, and he'll just fall off a wave and like yeah. a big wave and it hurts, man. Like, and you're struggling, you're fighting for air. Mm. And for us, it's like knocks and bumps and bruises and. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like the man in the arena, you know, you're going out to, to do such a big job, you know, and you, you're putting yourself out there. So there's going to be the positive and negative negatives of it all. And there's a few times with me where, and it's probably the last six to eight months where they, they are humble reminders. One of them was the, the shoulder dislocation, um, the semi-final, which was just before the grand final. And then obviously I'd played the grand final and I'd been out for for the rehab after that for three to four months, come back for the World Cup Challenge and kind of, you know, got back for that, you know, worked really hard to get back yeah, for yeah. that. 30 minutes in, my calf goes, I'm like, oh no, you know, and, and you think surely that is, you know, that that's that's going to be the the last one. But I, I guess to have that perspective really, to kind of, to be able to step back and and view it objectively really is, is really powerful. Like, you're going to get stuck in that story. You're going yeah. to get stuck in that, in that kind yeah. of, that thing that you're in in the minute and it, in the moment there's going to be anger and, you know, there's probably a lot of anger that, that, that I've held in from, from those injuries and stuff like that. But it's, I reckon it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a fucking massive ability to, to be able to step back and, and get away from it, get away from the, the, uh, 
Well, it is the drama, the drama and the story, yeah, I reckon. Full on, man, like 100%. It's, you, you're in it, another injury comes and it's just how you deal with it again. Like, you know, I, I always take a view to sportsmen that have to keep coming back from injuries, like how mentally strong they are. You know, people will actually probably view them as weak, injury prone, whatever they may say. But like, how mentally tough is this guy constantly coming back from what's in front of him? Um, so you can take the positives out of it, but, you know, it's... When you do get injured, you can look at it physically and be like, yeah, like you say, my calf's gone. But what do you do now? It's like, mm. your calf is gone. That's going to have a process. You've got to deal with it. Step back. Like, How can I learn from this situation and make it a positive? And that's clearly what you know, you, you've know you been doing for a while. And especially at a young age, that's unbelievable because like, you know, for me, it was 26, 26 years old that I really started to view these things in that fashion. Mm. Um but yeah, it's having that perspective is huge. Do you think that, I mean, resilience is is is, is a weird word really. You know, it gets, it gets banded around quite a lot, but do you think that that's kind of a, a good example of resilience? Do you think that there's an ability to be able to build that or do you think there's lots of things that come into that? I, I think naturally you, you're going to be able to deal with it better than others. Some people will be. Um, but I definitely think that life will throw it up throw it up to you straight away and then it's asking questions straight away and it's like how are you going to come back from that so you do and and then straight away you realize it's not that bad i can do that again yeah. and then you keep doing it and that is resilience like life isn't going to be a smooth run and you know for us it's so physically obvious because we have these ups and downs we have mm. these wins these losses like it is literally in front of us but it's how we deal with it. You know, it's probably more difficult for people that don't have these obvious lessons in front of them that have to go to an office every day. But it's like the same theory is behind it. It's that resilience, bang, I can deal with this. I can move on to the next thing. How can I impose myself on the next situation in the best way I can? And I think you keep doing that over and over again. Like you say, that's resilience to me. Yeah. Uh, it's, we had some... Um some interesting chats having dinner last night yeah it were, it were, it were good it were, there were some good chats and um you touched upon it there where we were talking about players who who might reach the top of the game athletes that might reach the top of their their sport or or you know profession and it's and it and it, and it can get tough for them because i imagine they've got to that that kind of golden nugget what they've been going for a lot you know a long time and always been working towards it. But then we've talked about a bit about identity as well. And and we had Craig White on. I know you know Craig White and Yeah, yeah. Legend. He's yeah, he spoke I think it was the third mentality third mentality podcast with Paul Wood. And he spoke about an experience he had and we do I do a lot of work with Craig White now. But I think I think that the conversation we had at at, at dinner you know, I'm not sure how many conversations that go around. You know, you had two friends up from London, and obviously Kyle Eastmond and 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 your missus and stuff. We, we you know, we had a really good chat. I'm not sure how, how often that gets banded around, just like a normal normal dinner yeah, table. Yeah, no, like, exactly. You know, idea. I, I felt there's a lot of benefit behind it, and it mm. was like understanding that as much as you know our sport means to us. At the end of the day, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just a distraction of what you can learn and how, and, and how you can keep improving and understand that you are 
as a person, you are Stevie Ward, I'm Danny Cipriani. It's not, we are the rugby players. Yeah. It's finding your own identity of who you truly, you know, find yourself being as opposed to um, being the character that gets built up, you know, for you while you're growing up and while you become professional and playing up to it. You know, it's interesting. You look at Ronaldo now, for example, he, you would like, I'd like to think that he is very conscious because he's so talented, but within it, like when he retires, like is he going to struggle because he he looks mm-hmm. like he's just Ronaldo the footballer, yeah, and he's so in the moment, and that might be why he's so good because he is present and he is conscious. But when he finishes, you know, you see a lot of these sportsmen. You see the original Ronaldo; he looks like he's blown up physically, and mm. is he really happy with himself? It's like understanding as as much as we reach these heights in their profession. Obviously, they reached it far greater than I'll ever understand. But still seeing the fact that, you know, there's still more you can learn. There's still supple minds. There's still things you can keep improving on because, you know, it's about removing the ego at the end of the day. And I found like that that's the um that's the best thing that I've been learning over over these last five years. Yeah. Yeah, that's man, that's a massive like message really. What I went in a flotation tank, uh for the first time. It's wicked, isn't it? It's class. Yeah. It's best epic, recovery mate. I've ever done. Man. Oh, Nice yeah, yeah, oh mate, it was epic. I, I could do five hours in there. Yeah, like I only did an hour in Manchester. Just, the one in Manchester, or is there one in Leeds? There's one. In, there's not one in Leeds. So I'm thinking maybe you know might have to open have it to up. Get one. Do it. Yeah, 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 get yeah. one going. Um, there's definitely a gap in the market there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. just told everyone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I got in flotation tank, um, and I'm. I've been planning to do these talks, like corporate wellbeing stuff and universities. And it was weird. I got in for an hour and meditated and stuff in there. And obviously, you know, it's completely sensory deprived and you're just in your own little world, aren't you? Um, like being a baby again. Oh, being whatever back in you've room. imagined being a baby, <laughs> yeah. it's like that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was a beautiful experience. <laughs> um, so I, so I, I, I was in this tank um done an hour and it was time to get out the filter came on and and like i say it's like coming out of the womb again i'm like oh what's going on <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, world's, quite... this world's brilliant got out and as soon as i put my foot foot on the floor the question for some reason it didn't come negatively it didn't it didn't come um positively it just came into my head and, and it said um why do i do mentality that's weird that's weird and, and it's obvious because it's been on my mind because I'm doing these talks and going around and, and, and spreading some messages but I'd kind of I'd rewrote my uh, talk completely for that next day and I was in like a state of flow for yeah, like yeah, six yeah. hours wicked, that night wicked. it was class it was brilliant um, but the thing you just touched on there is is kind of one of the big messages that that I, I feel like it were a massive a massive realization or breakthrough for me to kind of look at the ego, and and that's that's the message that I kind of give in these talks now to to say that everything I was looking at was external. So you know whether it's rewards, whether it's pats on the back or winning trophies or um you know yeah, yeah, all these that recognition recognition. That's yeah. something that I dealt with recently as well. It's like you know. I wanted the recognition of people to, I wanted to, my teammates to feel how good it is to play with me, like how I make them look better, like what I do on the field. It's this, mm. you know, I want to be the one that makes them feel like they're playing their best. Yeah. But am I doing that for the wrong reason? Because that's me saying that I want to do it for my own ego as opposed to the, 
best thing I can do is do what I do and they not even realise what I'm doing. They yeah. not even realise how I'm helping them. Yeah. Because that means I'm doing it in a true state as opposed mm. to doing it for what I want. Yeah. So they're playing their best and they feel great and they only recognise it when I'm gone or they only recognise it after and in the moment. They don't need to say it because it's, that's a true, f true state of what's actually at that moment as opposed to me wanting that recognition, wanting to play for England, wanting that. It's, you know, I want all of that. I do, I do want to play for England. I do want that. But, you know, it ain't going to change my life, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, I might get more recognition, but, you know, I know what I'm doing and if other people do, great. And if not, I just try and impose myself in the best way I can. Yeah, as opposed to wanting that recognition, you know, mm. oh, my teammates say I'm the best. It's like, yeah, why we don't need that? Yeah, I, yeah, that's that, that, that's. I think that's brilliant what you said there. That's that's something I say to on these talks and, and these workshops to to actually look at what your ego wants. Um, what you've been, you know, your ego is kind of your sense of self. It's it's how you've navigated the world for for so you know for so long. And it's and you know and it's it's good. A lot of it's good, and, and some of it can be um, can obviously trip you up. And 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 that's what I kind of give them these these um, these talks, and and I ask them to look at their inner world. And I was the, the question was leading up to it, and and just thinking, did you have a moment where you kind of realised all this and, and about ego and, and and about all this kind of stuff that that you could learn from? It's almost like I've I've had constant reminders, man. Like, you know, as much as I feel like I should have played for England more, um, it was those constant reminders that I wasn't getting picked. And it was, you know, it, I, it doesn't mean that I'm not the best at what I do and, and vice versa. But, you know, it, that is still my ego driving what, what I want. And I think what you said there is wicked. Like, it's unbelievable. If, if you as a young kid at 18 is like, write down exactly what you want right now. I guarantee those 10 list things you put on a list is all linked towards your ego. Like yeah, what yeah. a great thing to view it, step back and like, how can you achieve those things without even getting your ego? How can you get that recognition without even getting that recognition? It's like, how can you, you feel all these things without having to get that self love and that self ego in that moment because mm. that's powerful man like, yeah that's, yeah, that's 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 really powerful that i reckon that's something for if you're around that age if you're any age really to write the 10 things down that, that you want and you can imagine that a lot of it would be you yeah. know you, you ask people what do you want and i think if you if you ask someone what do you want and you kind of you don't know do you know what I mean? If you have that kind of feeling where it's kind of, you've got that content feeling, you've got that yeah, comfortable yeah, yeah. feeling. If you ask someone where, on the other hand, what do you want? And they say, oh, I want a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. I want this this salary at this, this wage, you know, 100,000. It's amazing how that would be viewed as the right way to think. But the first yeah. one of that, you don't know that content, then it's like, well, you need direct, you need something. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny how we, we view both those things because when you're young, it's like you need to have this and you want this, this and this. And you can still want to achieve that, but like come from it from a, a, a very self-aware state as opposed to just wanting it for yourself yeah, and your ego and that. Yeah, from like a conscious approach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, what you were saying there um, about 
how you want your team to perform, you know, how you want to, to navigate the team around and, and whether that's from just your ego because you want the recognition, you want to be the best player on the park every 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 time, you know, that's that's good. That's a driver, you know, that's that's good. But what is it you think that that is more powerful? You know, you, you, I thought it was brilliant, you know, you're kind of operating from truth, aren't you? And and it's and it is that I think it's that feeling below everything else. So that the drivers of ego, the kind of the fear, you know, the 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 want and, and desire for reward. You know, that kind of feeling that probably comes where you can say, What do you want? and, and you can say, Well, I'm all right. Do you know, that's probably a similar feeling, I reckon, that can that can push and be, be more powerful in, in what you want to do each day. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's like I think now like maybe I was meant to achieve higher heights, but maybe I'm meant to go through the journey I'm going through so then I can help and speak about this upon others and to younger generation and like I don't know, I'm but I'm not saying that from a point of I'm that important. I'm just sharing my journey of what I feel. Um, and maybe that's why I'm having to deal with these things over and over again. And I'm now 30 and I feel the most comfortable and, and, and happy I felt for, for a long time. And I feel like that journey keeps going. And I think as you get older, it's, it's nothing to be worried about. And you, you learn more and you get more comfortable within everything. Yeah, yeah. I saw a quote the other day actually in... I actually thought it was bang on. I thought I thought it was brilliant, and it. I can't remember who it's by, but it was it was something like happiness is the absence of striving for happiness, and yeah, 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 I like that. Yeah, I think that I, it really stuck with me. That I think I think people do get that get tangled up and, and caught striving up. for it, but yeah. happiness is actually just being. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Um, Oh, we're going spiritual today. Oh, I like it. Oh, man. I like it. Going spiritual, Paul. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I saw that. I thought it was brilliant because it goes it goes back to that thing, you know, getting caught up and, and tangled up in, in your own ego, really. Um, because people will be able to think, be able to listen to this and, and, and kind of think back to their own experiences. You know, something that they wanted so much, that they've wanted for so long, worked so hard for, and they get it. And then it's what's the next thing what's the next thing I mean it's like what's next it's like how do I get to this next thing be content in that moment be content in that journey of trying to achieve what you want try and flip the thought process behind what you want and the reasons behind it and just give it a a fuller perspective as opposed to want it for selfish reasons or whatever it may be you know it's it's not it's not a bad thing wanting to be the best at what you do it's not a bad thing for striving for that like go go and do that but you know try and get some learning upon the way um, and, and embrace that difficult moment going through it. You know, everyone get goes through those struggles and it's just be comfortable in those moments. Yeah, yeah. That's bang on that. And uh, we chatted last night as well. We touched on it briefly, but you'd said you'd watched it about five times. Yeah, And yeah. that's um, Jim Carrey, Man on the Moon. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable, man. What, and, what Andy, do you think to Andy that? Andy and Jim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it's one of the, I've watched it five times, like I said, like you just said, um, I just, I just love his perspective on everything. Um, you know, I remember when I first, a couple of years ago, heard him talking about these things. You think like he's going crazy, like, but yeah. Then you really listen to what he's saying, and it's like he is banging the drum about his message. But for me, it's, it's bang on because it's just about being and being completely present, and how much he loves being in the wilderness and 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 all these things, and mm. you know. 
it's a it's a true true peaceful state it seems you know obviously he's on a mission to really change people's mindsets and he he says something that hits home to me it's like i wish everyone could get rich and famous to realize it's not what what you want Mm. what you need and i feel like with the younger generation nowadays with what's in front of us with reality tv with shows social media it's all about quick fixes it's all about getting recognition it's all about becoming i want to be famous how many kids when we were younger wanted to be famous probably not as much Mm. but like now what do you want to be when you up when you grow up like it's probably quite a high population of kids that say i just want to be famous type thing it's like why are you trying to achieve that like what is it behind it what is the message you're trying to give you obviously you're a kid you don't really know but i mean it's like that's their purpose now it's like it's what example are we setting right there's now? There's not much behind that purpose, there's, is there? There's, nothing, there's not much there? weight behind it, is Because when you get there, it's like, what's next? Mm. Like, is, what is this feeling? What is the next one? You yeah. know, it's like... Yeah. It's it's funny, that quote. You, I love that quote. And it's funny when people say, well, he would say that. He's had yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole point. It makes yeah. me laugh. Everyone says, he would say that. He's had it. He's had yeah, it all. Yeah. But yeah, that's what he's saying. It's that's not the answer. That's yeah, what he's saying. Exactly, it's not the answer. And it, it does. It all. Everyone's grass seems greener from the other side. It does. But everyone is going through their own difficulties. You can't ever understand what's in someone else's head, and it's it's about being non-judgmental and and letting people go through their journey. And if you can enlighten people a little bit, great. And if you can learn a bit from that person, great. It's like, you know, it's it's everyone's own path that's in front of them. Yeah. What um, what books, what re- like reading material, podcast, anything? What 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 you've taken in, or or what your mentor led, or uh, recommended? What would you recommend? Ryan Holiday for me is massive. Like, yeah. uh, Ego's Enemy is a huge book, man. I've studied yeah. that over and over again. Um, the different stories, you know, the different um situations you read in that book. I don't know if you've read it. I, I've got it. Here. I'll give it to you when you go. Yeah. But it's um it's amazing you know one of the stories that sticks to me is about a fighter pilot that they they wouldn't have won the war without him but he hasn't got these medals he hasn't got these honors because everything he did was like under the radar and it was meant to be that way it was like an undercover op type thing and you know he within the his vicinity and within his team people know how important he was to to achieving the success they did within that war you know, he hasn't got the money, he hasn't got the, you know, the attributes, he hasn't got the, the medals and all the trophies from it because what he did was integral to deal with it all, but like I said, under the radar and it was like, he's just doing that for the better of man, he's just doing that because that's his job and that's what's in front of him. It's like, he's not trying to do that to achieve a bigger, you know, something from it or money or whatever it may be. He He's just getting on about his job and, he he's been huge within that and that is the definition of doing it without your ego because yeah. you're not going to get anything from it that, I, th- man, I think that's a massive message today really from this is um is all about that like all about that ego really just to have a look at what your motivations are i think that that's something good to ask ask people listening to to write down um yeah the top 10 things that, that, that they want to yeah, do it might not even be 10 it might be three whatever yeah. it is like whatever you write down to what you want and achieve and and just ask what 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 beliefs are they? Are they your beliefs or your expectations? Or is it what you else's? want, or is it what your parents have put upon you? It's yeah. like what do you truly want to do, and then come at it from a different angle of why? Yeah, yeah. You know? 
and then ask people yeah people let us know and 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 see what you think and we'll get back to you and 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 kind of that'd be interesting that to have a look yeah I know people for sure. examining that definitely definitely so you've 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 tucked into a lot of Ryan Holiday yeah you've you've had the ego as the enemy um what other stuff and what what philosophers or what kind of what people do you, you do you kind of look at that shook something with you? What's like for, for, for me? I was I've, I've been very lucky. I've I've hung out with like a, you know like I say Laird Hamilton, and for me he's the ultimate. He's the most macho like you know a testosterone fueled man that there is. But he's so still present and and you know he has all the reason in the world to be massively egotistical, yeah. but he isn't. And I guess maybe that's a surfer mentality, maybe because he realises what he's dealing with is bigger than himself, which is the waves, which is, you know, the environment. It's, it's much bigger than himself. But, you know, he, he was the big the big wave surfer. He's He's gone out to go and surf the biggest and the, and, and the most ferocious waves on the planet. And it's all without recognition. He's not getting a medal at the Olympics. He's not getting a medal and this and that and, you know, whatever other you might be getting. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That can be what you want to go and get. But, I mean, for me, I, I've learned so much from him that it, it's, it's amazing just to sit back and see how he is with his family and his friends and how caring and all of that. He's a, a phenomenal human being for that. You need to meet this guy, don't Yeah, I? yeah, for sure, mate. Summer. Uh, the summer's different, but yeah, yeah, when you're off-season. Off-season, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, class. Um... Just thinking, I might ask you what you want now. I might ask that, what, what, what do, do I you want? want? Yeah, what's next? For me, I, you know, I, I want to go and try and be the best that I can be on the field every day because, you know, I, I love that challenge. But for me, I really want to um, try and guide and mentor uh, younger players, younger sportsmen um, across all different sports. To really try and you know achieve and do what they're doing, um, Eastman. Eastman's just walked in, giving them <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> Getting on it, Paul. Yeah, got you next. <laughs> yeah, um, can't see. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's I. I want to. Um, I'd love to just try and let people learn a bit more about themselves at a younger age than when I started. Really, if I, I'd love to have learned what I learned at 25 at 17 18 like I'd yeah. love to see where I would have got yeah and people always say that and I remember people saying it when you, when I was younger it was like you don't want to put an old head on young shoulders and you know you've definitely got to go through your own experiences to get there but mm. why can't we impose this message upon younger people earlier and actually be something that's very important especially within sport my profession you know football you know league whatever it might be you know we've got a great opportunity to really make the most of our careers and you need this message to be younger. You know, yeah. people always say, oh, you play your best rugby when you're 30, 20, you know, as you get older. It's like, you come onto the scene at a young age, boom, you're explosive, you get onto it. It's like, why can't you have that mindset you do have when you're 30 at that age? Let, like, let's try and mm. force, you know, not force it, but like, let's try and educate these younger players yeah. The message can be there, yeah, exactly. And if, if they want to take it, great. If they yeah. don't, they'll learn their own lessons yeah. and they'll come from it. And maybe when they're twenty-eight, they'll go. Do you know what? When that guy said to me when I was eighteen, if I, you know, I understand that now. Yeah. And that's the time he was meant to learn it, and that's great. Yeah. It's not like yeah. a good or bad thing. It's like it's, that's, that's when you're meant to. It's like 
I think the outlines can be there. You know, yeah. they, they might not get the weight of the message or might not get the feelings of it and, and the real realizations, but the outlines and messages can be there. You yeah, know, for just sure. around ego, around um, what your motivations are, around being able to observe thoughts, being being present in that way, and 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 there's a, there's a massive difference really be, from reacting to thoughts and, and emotions and 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 just going to the next thing and either blocking it out or, or not having any any kind of any ability really realization of what's in front of you. Yeah. yeah, compare that with with being non judgmentally aware of it and and having the the practices and, and the ability to do that. You know, that's that a lot of that is is Buddhism, but yeah. It, it holds great weight for, for what we do every day yeah. and, and especially in the Western world now. And I think you learn it quick as a sportsman. Like, yeah. Obviously your life's not over at 32, 33, but your professional career is of what you know right then and there. And there's not many professions that just hit you hard and fast like that. Most professions go and you might work till you're 60, 50, 60. But for us, it's like these lessons, everything's compacted into a yeah. 10, 12, 15 year period. You've got to learn them. Really and condensed. If you, if you don't, all right, man. Your, your time will come when it does. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think you, if we can try and give those outlines, like you're saying, to a younger population, a younger generation, and that'd be, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So, looking back, do you feel, do you feel grateful then? Do you feel? Yeah, feel yeah. Lucky sure. that you've you've been through it all, been through yeah, the, the massively, mill. massively feel grateful, feel lucky for all of it, and I feel like you know so grateful. And in the moments when you're tough, and you definitely might not think that, but when it is those tough moments, if you just realise what's in front of you, what's great, what's around you, you can be grateful. You know, I, I remember when I was going through a difficult moment in like December, January time and I sat back and I was just listing the things I'm grateful for. Had a long list and it was like mm. from people to situations to experiences, you can really like sit back and be like, of course I'm grateful for what's in front of me, man. And yeah. it, it eased a lot of pressures that I felt in my head and and it was, a, it was an amazing thing for me to do. So I think... Obviously, it would have been amazing to to learn these lessons or whatever it might be, maybe at a younger age, but I was meant to learn them mm. at the speed I've learned them at to then maybe go and help others, and that's something I'm, I'm massively keen on doing. Brilliant. That's brilliant. I think we should, we should both do stuff together. Yeah, man, for sure. Definitely. Take it on. Um, what, what what does... Uh, I know you chatted about meditation. Um, what does that practice look like for you when you do it? And, and is, you've you noticed journaling and, and you've kind of... Yeah, I do a lot of journaling. I do, I did that a lot, especially with Blackie. We used to write our, it was mostly to do with our training weeks, to be honest. And you'd write down in training sort of three things you did well today and three things you want to improve. And, you know, you do that every week and do that for a month and suddenly you've got 30 entries into your, into your journal and for a month and it's like, look, I can see the improvement. I can see where I'm getting better and I can see where I'm going. But sometimes you could just train for a month and you don't even know what you did last week yeah. type thing or yesterday. Yeah. And it's like journaling those things or what, what's going on in front of you. That definitely helped me professionally. Um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to yeah. do that, yeah. Yeah, do yeah, it, man. Yeah. Like, just little like little bits and you'll see rapidly, quickly, like where you can improve, you know. And you look back on it, my left-hand passing's got better or whatever it may be. And it's because I've been noting it, I've been doing it and I've been practicing it. Yeah. 
Easy um, as Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it, it, it is. Um, and it, it, like, we, like we said, everyone's condensed for us and it's simple and it's simplified. It can be complex and it is massively, but it can also be simplified in what we're doing. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's what, that's what Blackie helped me massively with. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant, mate. I, um... I think that's a wrap, that. Yeah. That was class. I like it. I enjoyed it. You're playing Thursday night, right? Thursday night, come yeah. down to it? Yeah. You is it at Leeds? Or is it at Hull? Yeah, yeah well, I'll drive up, no problem. Get across to it, pal. Gonna yeah, do yeah. It, Let's do it, yeah. Yeah, man. Awesome, mate. I've enjoyed that. And um, I reckon that's a message, like, if people want to want to write that down, um, maybe journal what they what they think. Yeah, you do it. Get, get, a, get a journal and... You write down, you can do it on emotions, do it on feelings. Like today I had a good day because I had, a, I do it things like I had a great conversation with this person. So you don't forget it. It's yeah. like, you know, I had a really good interaction with Stevie today. Like remember it, log it. So then next time you speak about it or you look at your journal, you remember it and then you get the feeling, the emotion you had then and be like, yeah, that was good. Yeah. And then oh, today, do you know what? I could have done this a bit better, you know, an X, Y, and Z. And then you'll look at it and be like, I need to keep improving that. And you keep doing it and you keep seeing it, put it in front of you. There's, there's no harm in that. And it's, that's about self-awareness, self-education and, yeah. and, and understanding. Yeah. That's class. I'd, I'd say, let us know what you think to that. Give us an email, give us a tweet. Um, you can email hello at mentalitymagazine.com. Drop some stuff in there for what you think, and subscribe at mentalitymagazine.com if you if you fancy it. Do it, and um, all the best. That will class, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a number two after that, pal. For sure, pal. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Love it. That's better.